Grace, mercy, and peace to you from our newborn Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. One of the epiphany hymns that we sometimes sing goes like this. We sing manifested by the star to the magi from afar. God in man made manifest. Epiphany, revealing, made manifest. And this Epiphany Sunday, we look to Matthew's account, the gospel reading we've heard today, and look at that as our encouragement to trust Jesus. I'd like to share once again just verse 11. You can follow along on your sermon outlines if you'd like. On coming to the house, they saw the child, and they bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened up their treasures and presented him with gifts. Gifts sounds like a, a birthday party to me. And who doesn't like a birthday party? I guess until you reach a, maybe a certain age, huh? Birthday parties. Isn't it interesting how we here, at least in the United States, I don't know if customs in other countries are like that, we put so much importance on that one day a year when a person was born. Well, we all like to celebrate the birthday of Jesus Christ. I mean, that, that one time of the year, we, we choose a day in December to make a really big thing of, of celebrating all the aspects that we know about the eternal Son of God taking on human flesh, beginning the earthly part of his plan of salvation. So today, the birthday party continues. Jesus is your king. Trust him. Invited to Jesus' birthday party. Just as we don't know the exact date of the birth of Jesus in the stable where the angels announced it to the shepherds, and shepherds came and worshipped that newborn baby. Mary, you know, treasured all these things, thought about them, pondered them in her heart. So we do not know the exact date for the birth account that Matthew writes. But the Holy Spirit led Matthew to use the word, the term child during the whole account. Now, a child that in the original could be anyone from a baby to somebody, you know, two, three, four, five years old even. We are told, though, that the Holy Family is now in a house, no longer living in a stable. So for the sake of a birthday party, I'd like to think of this as his, his, his first birthday. And some pretty special people have been invited. Wise men, magi are invited. How did they get invited? Well, they trusted a star. Where is the one who has been born king of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. Wow, well, what a special invitation. You know, not some you know, fancy hallmark card or one of those you know, two for a dollar at the dollar store. Don't laugh. Some of those cards are, are pretty nice there that I buy often. No, this invitation came... When a, in a, in a, a star rose in the dark sky of the country 
of these people. Now, where exactly was that? We're told that it was in the east. Well, that's real helpful, right? Where exactly, again, we do not know where the, the wise men, the three kings, the, the magi came from. But most likely, it was from an area like Babylon. Babylon, that area where the Jews had been taken captive and lived for 70 years. You remember Daniel? Daniel was made the head of the Magi. When the people came back from there, they didn't all come back. Some remained. So either during those 70 years or so, or the, when the people, the Jewish people, remained there, surely they told about their hoped promise of a Savior someday that would be born. Isaiah's prophecy about, about a star and all these other things. Somehow, these magi heard about the Old Testament prophecies, it would seem. And we know that, that merchants traveled regularly through the land of Israel. It was on one of the major trade routes. And Jewish merchants, of course, they traveled all around also. So the Lord can create and preserve faith in him and his promises through ordinary or through some pretty amazing ways. Jesus is your king. Trust him. Invited to Jesus' birthday party. The Magi had a problem. I mean, that star that had announced to them the birth of uh, the king of the Jews and had led them from their country all the way to Israel didn't tell them the exact address where the party would be held. So, being wise men, they did the logical thing. They went to the capital city and started asking around, where is this birthday party for the king? And eventually, the people or for sure King Herod, heard about it. And after that, they headed for Bethlehem. And to their amazement, look what showed up again. After they had heard the king, they went on their way, and the star they had seen when it rose went ahead of them and until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. Indeed, the Magi had trusted the star that led them from their homeland, now led them to the exact place for the birthday party. But it turns out they also listened to the Old Testament. King Herod was one of the most brilliant and most wicked rulers Israel ever had. He would do anything to keep his kingship. And he ruled with an iron hand. And he seemed to be a little paranoid because anything that would threaten, or anybody that would threaten his rule, he would kill. He killed his wife. He killed his father-in-law. He killed several of his sons, worried that they might somehow do something and dethrone him. So, obviously, Magi... Asking about a, a new king born for the Jews who would get Herod's attention. 
Now, Herod himself was not Jewish, although he ruled the Jewish people. Therefore, he most likely was not even familiar with some of the common promises, the common prophecies, but he knew who would be able to tell him. So he called the high priest and he called the teachers of the law and said, where is this one that's supposed to be born king of the Jews? He immediately replied, but you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For out of you will come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. The Magi trusted a star. They trusted the Old Testament. And they trusted a baby. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary. They bowed down and worshipped him. Although now in a house, maybe a year old, Jesus did not look like a king. I mean, Bethlehem was a little tiny rural town, 300 people maybe at the most. Joseph, his stepfather, perhaps had picked up a few carpenter jobs, but most likely could barely make it there to survive. Yet these magi, coming into that yet still humble kind of a situation, realized that this was the king of the Jews, the one that was promised. Although obviously very rich and wise, they bowed down before this child, this young child, acknowledging that in every way this child was superior to them. Pretty amazing, but true. They worshipped Jesus, the one the star had led them to, one the Old Testament had told them about. And they also trusted this was the one to whom they should give their presents. For they brought gifts. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Now, these were no bargain basement after Christmas 90% off items. They opened up their treasures. They gave of their best, the best they had to offer. Gold of immense value at that time as it is today. Frankincense, an expensive incense. Incense was, was burned in, in temples and in palaces of kings. And then they gave myrrh. Myrrh again was a very expensive ointment, very fragrant, often used in the, the uh, burial, the embalmment uh, process of that day. Or it could be mixed with wine and used as an antiseptic. Gifts say a lot about the giver's appreciation, how much they care about the one that they're giving the gift to. These people gave their very best. It says something about the one they gave the gifts to also, doesn't it? Looking back from our standpoint... I mean, we can see symbolism in the gifts that they brought. Gold, very precious, hard to find, very rare. Although also very heavy if you're going to carry very much of it, you know, eight or 900 miles. But what would you give a king but the very best, the rarest, 
most precious, gold, frankincense. As they would burn incense in the temple, we think of Jesus as our high priest, right? And he has made it possible through his life and death to open the, the passageway to heaven so that we can, our prayers rise like incense to a God who hears, a God who listens, and a God who answers. And then the myrrh. How can we but think of Jesus after that perfect life that he lived for us? crucified, you know, put to death and placed in the grave. And at some time in that, that, that process, right, if they had the time, they would, would, would put that myrrh. They would put other spices. Reminded of the sacrifice that this king came to make, not only for the Jewish people, but for all people. For Magi and other non-Jewish people, like you and like me. Birthday parties. Uh, today, uh, one, at least for younger children, one of the interesting traditions that has developed for birthday parties is that the, the person who is celebrating the birthday is expected to give gift bags to everyone who comes. Now that's a nice tradition, I would say. In a way, that happened in Jesus' day also. For the Magi, they take, took home gift bags. And having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their country by another route. What exactly was in the gift bags, we are not told. But potentially, much, right? Potentially much more than they gave to this child they received. They had seen with their very eyes, they had experienced the existence of God-made man, their Lord and Savior, the one that would take away their sins. Perhaps Mary and Joseph, right? I mean, proud parents, excited, shared with them all the things that they had heard from the angels and the shepherds and, and all the, the events that went on so that these wise men had the opportunity to treasure in their heart all the things that Mary treasured in hers. Oh, to be on that gift list, that invitation list. Because yes, there are others invited too. Let's look at some of the others. Invited, Herod. What did he trust? I mean, what gifts did, did he give? What was in his gift bag, if you will? Herod trusted no one but himself. Not his family, not Magi, not Jesus. The only gift he would give to Jesus was a sword to the heart. Sadly, in his gift bag was a one-way trip to Satan's get-together itself. Also invited the high priests and teachers of the law. Trusted? Gifts given? Gift bag received? The high priests and the teachers of the law seem to trust in their own understanding 
and their own interpretation of what all these prophecies had to say. A coming king and savior? Oh, yes. Absolutely. But he better be craftier than Herod the Great and mightier than the Roman armies. Would they like to have a Jewish rule? Probably, if they would get more power out of that. A King David, yes. Or a King Solomon, absolutely. But a carpenter king of Nazareth? No way. What gifts did they give? Scorn and deceit. Worked against Jesus every, every day of his public ministry. Finally had him arrested, beaten, bribed against him, and crucified. What was in their gift bag? Probably a mix. Right? I mean, they had the promises. They had the prophecies. They had the opportunity to put that together with Jesus. And we know a few did. It seems like in that gift bag were blindfolds because they just didn't see what was before them, or at least rose-colored glasses. They had hope for some. Invited the people of Jerusalem. Trusted, gifts given, gift bag received. We hear little about the common people of Jerusalem. Their life was hard. A little hope of getting rid of the Romans and King Herod wasn't much better, sometimes much worse. I mean, some rumored king of the Jews being born was sure to outrage Herod, and who knows what he would do, that madman, and who he would kill. But there were some, right? Like Simeon and Anna. Some that, that trusted that this was the promised Savior believed in him, and their gift bag then was an eternity celebrating birthdays with Jesus. Invited each of us. What do we trust? What have we been given in our gift bag? What do we offer as precious gifts to Jesus? So you too have been invited to Jesus' birthday party. You all have been called, you've been invited, not by some star in the sky, but by the Holy Spirit, who came to you through baptism and the power of the gospel there, or the gospel shared with you, created faith in your heart. Trust, yes, in a baby born and laid in a manger, and one that was in a house where magi came to worship. You trust in that one as your Lord and God, as your Savior also. What's in the gift bag that we receive? As we look at the gospel, we hear about Jesus' life. Perfect life that it was. Always doing what pleased God. Reminding us, unfortunately, of the times that we don't do what pleases God. And then we look into our gift bag, and what do we see? We find Christ's righteousness with our name on it. I mean, what an amazing gift to receive from Christ at his birthday party. 
We're invited to look and see how Jesus cared about people and how he treated people. And not just necessarily the rich and the famous, the influential, those that could do him some good, but those who were helpless and hopeless. He cared for them. He reached out to them. He healed them. He gave them hope. He gave them courage. He gave them the will to go on. And we look into our gift bag, and we see those same gifts to us. Promised to us, given to us, encouragement. When days get long and burdens get heavy, look in that gift bag. See what Christ has done for you. See what he has given for you. Reach in there, take that, apply it to yourself. Because it's yours. Then we look at how Jesus was treated. When he grew up. I mean, there are probably different high priests and different teachers of the law. A different Herod was ruling in that area someplace, and Pilate uh, was the Roman governor at the time. And you see how he's mistreated. Put to death. Not because of things that he has done, but because of hatred of other people. Put to death something that Herod the Great didn't accomplish. Because of this, we look into our gift bag. What do we see? Sinners though we are, we see a get-out-of-hell-free card. We see a, a, a sins-forgiven keepsake and a one-way ticket to heaven. And as we look, we also see a coupon, a coupon to dine with Jesus today, to come forward and kneel and receive Right? From our Lord and Savior, his body and blood, to assure you beyond a shadow of doubt that all the things in your gift bag are from Jesus and they are yours and you can count on them. And what gifts do we lay down before him? Very similar to the wise men, right? We give him of our best. We give him the things that God has provided us to be able to give him. Be it to be our, our gifts of money or the use of our, our time and talents. And we fall down before him, humbly acknowledging that truly he is superior to us in every way. And yet, we are his. Part of, his, part of his family, not just invited to a birthday party, party invited to live with him, now here on this earth every day and someday in heaven for all eternity. We give him the gift of our praise by our worship, by the way we live our lives and, and share and show who we are to the people that are around us. We give him our sins, right, in confession. And we give him our trust. A trust, of course, that the Holy Spirit has created in us, but we acknowledge that and we live our life through that. And when we come up short, we give him our sins, confident they're taken care of. We offer our bodies as living sacrifices, as the Apostle Paul urged. 
And with much time and effort, we invite others. Just think of the things that we do virtually on a monthly basis or more often to try to invite others to Jesus' birthday party, right? I mean, virtually every month things are going on. Sometimes different, sometimes the same. And you invite people to them. You know, think over the last year who you've invited to come to something. Better yet, think of who you're going to invite in the future. Think of how you can help. As God has given you the ability, the time, and the physical uh, uh, properties, are, are you going to help this year do that? Invite people through, what, Christmas for Kids, Easter for Kids, Sunshine Stations, Junior VBS, Vacation Bible School, um, in the summer our, our uh, water fests, in the fall the harvest celebration. Who are you putting on your list right now to invite next year to a live nativity? I mean, you came, didn't you? And weren't you just amazed? Amazed at not only the gifts of the people who, who built the things and said the things, but amazed by the story, the simple, sweet, powerful story that was shared? I mean, how could you not be touched? Make that list. Who are the people you're going to invite this coming year? Not, not for our glory. But so that someday they may come to trust in that same King and Lord and Savior, God made man in human flesh, manifested for them also. Perhaps then they'd be interested in coming to church, Right? Invite them to church or to one of our Bible studies on Sundays or during the week. One that might fit them, men or women's Bible study. Small group Bible study. So that they too may receive that gift bag from their Lord and Savior. They too someday may celebrate the birthdays in heaven with them. See what gift Jesus has ready to give to them. To put in their earthly in eternal gift bags. Jesus is your king. Trust him. You've been invited to Jesus' birthday party. Keep trusting and keep inviting. Amen.